Blog Talk Radio. Black Hole Radio presents Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. With your hosts, Rudolph Muhammad and Yusuf Muhammad. There's a train a coming. You don't need no baggage. You just get on board. All you need is faith to hear the dealers coming. Don't need no ticket. You just thank the Lord. Train to Jordan Picking up passengers Coast to coast Faith is the key Open the doors and bottom Peace and blessings, peace and blessings. This is your brother, Brother Rudolph, welcoming you to another edition of Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. But before we go any further, let me take this time to thank Almighty God Allah for allowing me another day in his wonderful creation called life and for giving me a reasonable portion of health and strength in order to be able to facilitate the things needed for my life and my family's. I personally, personally, want to thank Allah for appearing in the person of Master Fard Muhammad, for traveling 9,000 miles to the shores of America, and for coming here in the geographic location where I am today, Detroit, Michigan, he came to Black Bottoms, Detroit, 
to lay a wavy word on. It was like he was a, a the the not a the ultimate farmer, and he found a piece of fertile soil, and he planted a seed in that fertile soil, and then he nurtured it, he watered it, he took care of it, he protected it, and gave it a chance to grow. And then as it grew, as it grew, it took on a life of its own. And after he stayed with the most honorable Elijah Muhammad for a very short period of time, years, and some say I have, some say quarter, He taught him face-to-face as a man speaketh to his friend. And then he left him, the teacher, left the student on the scene to deal with whatever it was he had to deal with. And then that student found one, another patch of fertile soil to plant a seed. And then he taught that student. And then he left the scene and left that student on the scene. And today, that student of the student of Master Fard Muhammad is handcuffing the world where it comes to knowledge, wisdom, and understanding of Scripture and exegesis of of the law and the spirit of almighty god that one is none other than our big brother the champion of truth the honorable minister louis farrakhan so in those three great names of master Fard muhammad the most honorable elijah muhammad and the honorable minister louis farrakhan i greet the family of muhammad the well wishes of muhammad the supporters of muhammad and even the detractors of Muhammad greet you in the greeting words of peace and paradise of our alaikum. That is not just a greeting, it is also a prayer as we are taught. And what it means is that you don't have to fear anything coming from me, from my hands or from my mouth. I wish you nothing but peace. I am. I feel a little off balance today because I'm traveling this road without people uh, body assistance. You know, it's it's it's, it's a lot like uh, driving without I'm very cautious because you know if something should happen, you won't have the luxury of that spare. But I want to pray that Almighty God, Allah, blesses he and his family with a safe trip headed back home to Virginia from Florida. And then I want to take this time to thank our engineers and our engineering family for the Forest Sister Yvette and their children who take time out of their busy schedule every week 
to ensure that we have a seamless communication system so that we can get this information across to you that it may be a benefit for you and your family. And then, of course, I want to thank my wife and my family for, of course, putting up with me. Anyone who knows that that has to be a labor of love, that they would put up with the ramblings of an old senile coop like me. Praise be to Allah that Allah can see what the human eye can't see. Obviously, there's something in here that Allah finds valuable because I'm still here and I'm to keep going. July the 14th, 2023. There's a lot going on, family. There's a lot going on. We were instructed by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to watch the weather. He's instructed us to do that many times. Well, I don't know if you've been watching the weather. I know where we are, we've been victimized by the weather. Yes, whether it's uh, uh, the heat that's happening in unprecedented numbers in places across the country. It's blanketing some places. Or it's the droughts that won't allow water to touch a certain part of the planet. Or it's a deluge of rain that's coming and hitting the planet in Un, 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 uh, in record numbers. I, I think they said somewhere up on the East Coast that they were getting so much rain per second and that caused of course major flooding. Well, we're not out of the woods yet. Summer has just begun. We're in hurricane and tornado season. And because we're in hurricane and tornado season, um, we, of course, we should be expecting hurricanes and tornadoes, not just in places where they normally happen, but in places where they don't usually happen. Welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. To whom do we have the pleasure of speaking with, and how may we be of service to you? Salam alaikum, it's your brother. It's brother Allah. Wa alaikum salam. Yes, it is. Yes, this is my brother. Yes. For for all of you that are listening uh, on, on, on the waves there, the airwaves, yes, this is my brother. My brother Allah is on the line, who's coming to us from the southern region of the United States, and he's going to give us his perspective of what it looks like from down there while I'm giving it to you from in here. And I say in here because I'm not on the East Coast anymore. I'm not in New York City. 
I'm in Detroit, Michigan, and that is definitely in, tucked in, inside. It's close to the Midwest, but it's not Midwest, really. But it's also, it's not East Coast and it's not South. So I say in here. And the thing, the running joke about Michigan is, if you don't like the weather, just wait 10 minutes because it's bound to change. But, yes, sir, what's going on, Brother Allah? Oh, man, brother, everything is everything is well. Everything is well. It's moving around in Atlanta right now. Um, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> and uh, any time it changes, it's been severe lately. Every time the weather changes, it's something severe. It's either severe storm, severe lightning, severe windstorm. It's not just, oh, well, the, the temperature dropped a little bit. No. It's been severe weather. Oh, all over and over and over again. You know, even our well, brother, brother Gazi was victim to some uh, severe weather recently. Yes, sir. Hold on. Before of... we go there, before we go there, brother, let, let me let me get these the the housekeeping rules out. Okay. Hold hold that thought. Hold on. All right. So, uh, welcome to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness, where we. Um, our conversation ranges from viruses to vaccines, from flu to health and ill and fitness, fire safety education to community risk reduction. Our program promotes health awareness and engages in public outreach to inform, educate, and train all people in how to best prepare for respond to and recover from all emergencies. Our mission is to ensure that everyone has a reasonable working knowledge of disaster preparedness and to help determine the best choices in any emergency response to avoid danger and save lives. Our mission is that each individual citizen, including every capable man, woman, and child, understands their personal responsibility for the safety of themselves, their family, their neighbors, and the overall well-being of the larger community. We definitely discuss and update of the landscape coming from uh, um, subject matter experts that are positioned strategically in different geographic zones around the globe with weekly subject matter experts as our guests. So we want you to know, feel free to join us, uh, invite someone to come on with you. Make sure you have something to write with and something to write on so that you can take notes and you can do your research with the information that we furnish to you because, again, we need you to survive. All right, Brother Allah. Now, you said you were, uh, uh, you were talking about Brother Gabi. Yes, sir. 
is it, I was just talking about the severe weather lately. Uh, it could be it could be sunny and clear, and the weatherman will say that the temperature is going to drop a little bit over the next day or two, and that evening you'll get severe storms, uh, uh, lightning storms, <laughs> rain, flooding. Just, you get the whole shebang: the rainstorm, you know, earthquake, all that, all of that. Is, it feels like all of that is about to happen. And uh, but uh, what's happening is that with these severe storms. We, and our, we, we need to really pay attention to our insurances um, because we may not know that, hey, my house is covered, but my car, or my car is covered to this, this amount, and, but, I, but, my, but my garage is not covered. So with this, these severe storms and all these severe things going on, we need to really start looking at our insurances, our flood insurance, our fire insurance. You know, what different coverages we have and don't have because our threat analysis, because the weather's getting worse, is going up. That tree that's next to your house, you might want to start looking at it like you're getting a little too big, it's time to cut you down. Or, or, or that electrical problem that you got, it's time to get it fixed. With all of the things that are going on right now, it's really hard to lose something because if you lose it, it's going to cost you that much more to get it back. Uh, property properties are getting more expensive, but coverage is, and so is coverage. So protect what you have, family, because right now, with the weather being what it is, you want to be insured. You want to be able to get the most for your for what you lose. And that's that's, that's true, that, brother. brother Rudolph. I, no, 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 brother, you on it? You 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 right on it? Yes, sir. You know it said that an ounce of prevention. Is better than a pound of cure. Pound of cure. Yes, sir. Uh, pound of cure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, hey, uh, thank you for that. And, and while we're on the t- subject of insurance, hey, let's not just stop that flood insurance or property insurance for your car or your house. How many of you out there have burial insurance? Make no mistake about it. We're all going to die. We're all going to die at some point. And, you know, thing it suddenly has to go through that when a loved one dies, they're already hit with the disaster of losing that family member. But then sometimes they added disaster to it is now they have to do a, 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 a rip party or, a, you know, a, or fry a rip or a poker game, you know, a, a, or stuff of that nature just to get the money up to put this person in the ground. And now you're really doing your age, a rip party. <laughs> that becomes a, a burden on top of a burden, and imagine how embarrassing that may be to the family of the. But you're going, you you you're going to love yourself, your children, your wife, someone that's trying. Don't be 
um, what's the word I want to use to be respectful, um, but to still drive the point home. Don't be a scoundrel, a dirty, rotten scoundrel, and leave your family in such a position. Take responsibility for yourself and securing your family and get you some burial insurance from somewhere in any amount, any amount will help. Check. Not even, with, not even just burial insurance. You want your coverage to be good enough because remember, there's a lot of, you got to think about the things you have in your life that are not paid for, that your family are definitely going to need. If your car is not paid for, and that's your only car, your family, when you, whether you're there or not there, your family's going to need transportation. Your house, if it's not paid for, you're going to need, they're going to need a place to live. Your family, you don't want your family to be homeless because you pass away. All that, all that time and work you put in to get it, you're going to lose, they're going to lose it as soon as you're gone. The other things you may have, your business, all these things that you may have that will, they will lose, even their medical coverage. They will lose all of that in the event that you pass on. So you want to be, you want to be, keep all of that in check. So if they, if they lose you, they don't lose everything. Not only the memory of you and the thought of you and the warmth of your being, but they're going to lose everything, the warmth of their home. They're going to lose the transportation. They're going to lose everything. You just think about how dramatic that is and traumatic that can be for your wife or your children, or your husband, you know, inheriting. Now he has the responsibility of all the children and all the bills and bills that he may not be able to pay because he makes only half the money. So we all have to think about that and put that into into retrospect when we when we when we're dealing with that and start upgrading if you need to upgrade your policy upgrade it uh maybe you might want to look and find tweak some things that hey man that certain things might need more coverage or certain things may need little coverage but you want to look into your policies more you know it's you're right brother and and that's a family and that that can be a family even though most families don't want to deal with that subject if you are the head of your family, then that is a subject that you definitely should have at least with your wife, if not your wife and children. The irony of the whole thing, Allah, is they loved you while you were alive, and they're going to hate you in your death because of the turmoil that your death will have brought about and caused them and changed their lives forever. Nobody wants to be remembered like that. Do your due diligence, family. Check for burial insurance in the areas that you live at. See what a burial costs, because it costs different in different states. It may be $7,000 where you live at, where in some places it may be twelve or 14000 So see what it is and get a policy that at least will cover that so they don't have to deal with that. Uh, make sure that you start talking to uh, some ins- uh, trustworthy insurance agents about what the best 
plan of action is for you, your children, and your grandchildren regarding life insurance policies, uh, um, uh, uh, um, catastrophic injury or, or, or accidental death and dismemberment. All of these things are ways to secure your family, and it's definitely a topic of concern here on Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness. Now, a lot, a lot. Um, I, I, I think yes, we sir. have. Um, I think we have somebody on the line who's waiting to uh, come in to say something. I didn't hear the sirens, so. But um, let me let me see if he's on the line. James, you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, okay. All right. Well, here we go, family. Here we go again. Today is Friday. <coughs> Friday, um, uh, 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 July the 14th. All right. This is what I want you to do now. Some, for some of you, this uh, 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 we're getting ready to go swimming. You know, we may be going down with Jacques Cousteau right now. We're going 20,000 leagues into your mind. All right, here we go. Here we go. We're going deep. I want some of y'all to put your thinking caps on. Those of you who were around 35 years ago, tomorrow. Okay? Think about where you were July 15th, 1988. Some of you weren't even born yet. Okay? Others, others, okay, you were born, but can you remember where you were? Hey, 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 James, what did he say? What did he say? 1988. You were just a baby. (laughs) 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 What I'm talking about, family, is uh, tomorrow marks the 35th anniversary of the nation's only black volunteer ambulance service. The Bedford Stuyvesant, no, no, back that <laughs> The infamous, the uh, groundbreaking, the precedent setting, the one of a kind, it'll shock your mind. The way up your back and down your spine. The ambulance service in a community for uh, people who couldn't even spell the word volunteer, let's more do it. We're talking about that ambulance service where they used to say when we got on the scene, bedside, bedside, raggedy. You can save him, but you can't save me. The we, Where we were known as the ambulance corps without an ambulance. We had an ambulance sitting in front of our base, but we used to run on calls. We had our little radio shack radios. We had our trauma bags in our hand. And when we heard a call that was in the near vicinity, we were off to the races. And when we got there, we'd be huffing and puffing and puffing and huffing and snot be running out our nose. And we'd be trying to catch our breath and talking at the same time. But we still beat the ambulance to the scene. And everybody would be at that point except one person. 
hated it. He wasn't laughing because that shit was glad to see somebody with a and some kind of knowledge and training on how to save their lives. And one by one, call by call, life by life, block by block, house by house, the Bedford-Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps began to ring bells, not just in Bedford-Stuyvesant, but throughout New York, so much so that it caused the New York City Emergency Medical Service to drop in their response times from 30 to 40 minutes to 15 to maybe then down to 10 minutes, then to the point where there was a healthy competition between the two ambulance services in that community where not only when a person called now did they get one, but they got two ambulances. So they had wanted to go with because there was competition in in the area. Now, able-bodied, concerned, compassionate neighbors who were willing to get out there and volunteer to make sure that you did not die in bed stuff. So, you know, I, I, I'll stop there, and I'm going to bring on my, 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 my nephew, who at that time he was just a little pup, just a little baby, up in <laughs> the ambulance, literally. What used to call, our, our youth squad used to be called trauma troopers. He wasn't trying to be a blood or a crip. He wasn't trying to be none of this. With the life-saving gang. And he didn't want a gun or a knife. He wanted a stethoscope and a radio, a bicycle, and a backpack. And that's what they got. And those trauma troopers who at that time, I mean, they were like seven years old to like 14 years old. And (laughs) around the neighborhood looking for somebody to help and somebody to save. And they were serious. As a matter of fact, the first day out the gate, they rescued, um, I forget how many people it was, but they rescued people from a burning building. Now, we never told them to go run inside a burning building. We didn't tell them that. But they did it. And they rescued the people in the building before the fire department got there and helped save people from death of smoke inhalation and being burned to death. Not just once, but twice on the same day. Those were the trauma troopers of the Bedford-Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps. And now he's all grown up now. Now he is the chief of the Bedford-Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps, and he is one that is charged with the responsibility of training the new ones that are coming in now. He is the next generation of lifesavers, along with my younger brother, Antoine Robinson, who has the responsibility of the day-to-day operations 
of the Bethany Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps, who also happens to be a paramedic by trade and with the FDNY. But, James, take it away. The mic is yours. Well, how's everybody doing this afternoon? Like my uncle said, my name is James Pointer. I'm the chief of staff of the Bedside Volunteer Ambulance Corps. Uh, I've been Hold a on, member I'm here sorry, since day I'm one. Sorry, Hold on one second. James, I mean, you trying to be poised and sound or intellectual and stuff? No, man. I need them to hear you. I need you to open up <laughs> that mouth and talk. Act like you at the door of the club telling them, get in line. Get in line. You can't come in there with that. I'm, I'm not messing with you today. <laughs> I'm not messing with you today. Oh, man. You took it, you took it way back, man. Oh, man. But, but, thank you, but thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it, man. I'm, I'm just so glad to be here to be uh, celebrating uh, 35 years of community uh, service to the best our community. And it's 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 hard to believe that uh we are the last, one of the last few standing organizations in that community that's actually doing something uh positive. We you know, we started out like we said, we started out in an abandoned building on the corner of Green Avenue and Marcus Garvey. Now we're out there in the trailer saving lives not only in Bed Style, but as what would Pop say, uh Uncle Rudy, across the world. Right. Say across the world. Who are we? Family. That's the number one thing. We was family. You know, and That's right. we were able to. And what do we do? And we, we save, save lives. lives. What do we do? Save lives. We save lives. All over the world. Over the That's world. right. And, and, and what Pop say? Damn right. You goddamn right. That's exactly what we did. For those of you that's listening, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For those of you that's listening, I know you hear me and you may you may think that something is wrong with me, I'm crazy or something because I'm sound, I'm so hyped about this. You you really had to be there. You had to be in bedside in things. This. Yes, you had to be there. Like, you talked about that show, The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead back then. These people were zombies in the, in, in the community. They would kill you for $5 just to get high. People were getting shot, stabbed, busted in the head. I mean, the crackheads in the community. And he, this group of people grown people in an abandoned trailer, no lights, no gas, under the yeah, and okay, the trailer was full of children too because everybody got their babies in that trailer while they're out riding on the ambulance. Go ahead, James, tell us. Well, yeah, we, we hold it down. Like, we held our own down. While the people was out there, 
you know, saving lives in the truck. A lot of people had kids at home that needed babysitters, and they wanted to volunteer, and they was eager to learn and eager to save lives, and we held each other down. We had kids in there with the blankets over them. One of us washed them. The dispatcher was the person that had the duty of dispatching the ambulances to calls and had the duty of watching the kids. That was what we did, and we helped each other out because we were a family, and that's what definitely what we and we meant that word family. When we said it, it wasn't like I'm calling you my family because you were blood related. No, I called you my family because we had things in common and we loved each other. Blood doesn't make family. Love makes family. So we definitely took care of our own, and we while we took care of the community and saving lives and training people to be emergency medical technicians. Yes, sir. Hey, James, what's going on, bro? Oh, man. You don't put me on the phone with old school at noon. What's going on, I bro? got Lindell calling in, too. Oh, man. You don't put me on the phone with the guy the cooler than the other side of the pillow. My man, my brother, I love. What's happening, bro? Oh, man. Everything is great, man. Everything is great. I'm on the other side. I'm, I'm on the down side of the country, just chilling, just chilling. I'll be up there this this week. I'll be up there. I'll, I'll probably be up there for the anniversary. All right. So now, so you know what? Y'all, listen. Y'all go ahead and talk. Go ahead and talk. Explain to them what's going on. I'm trying to get Miss Robinson on the line, so okay. that she can, sure. um, so that she could talk. Yeah, I'm trying to get. Oh, on the line. So you don't go ahead and talk. All right. Well, dang, I lost in a minute, man. We didn't have some. We didn't have some good. Some. We got history together, man. From from being yeah. out of the country for two weeks to Haiti. Surviving the, the Haiti earthquake. We 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 were. The people would never understand the things. We were alone. We never understand the complexity. We never understand the complexity of the things that we did, bro. We did we did things that no other person has done. That's right. No other organization has done. Not and, and not because they can't do it, they won't do it, and they won't do it because they don't they don't have the dedication, they don't have the love, they don't have the 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 passion for what we used to do. That's what it is, and hey, all these organizations have millions of dollars to do, and they do a fraction of what we do. So when you talk about, oh, you know, they were so, yeah, we were great because we were passionate, because we wanted it, because we were hungry, because it wasn't because we, we, we had all this money and this backing. and No, no it was because we wanted it, you know, and that's all that it takes out here. It takes compassion. It takes strength. It takes, it takes knowledge. It takes wisdom. It takes, and it also takes a, a, a strong, a strong individual to keep everything. Definitely, I like. So I like a lot of people that, like a lot of people that understand the struggles that we had. I remember us being in the trailer with no with no heat. That we had to we had to buy propane heaters and put them outside and pray to God that that propane lasted us through the night. I remember the big holes in the floor. That was a lot. Allah James, hold on one second. Yes, sir. Because I have somebody, I got somebody on the line right now. And so we have to, uh, we have to pay homage 
Now, this person right here that's getting the next voice that you hear on this mic, okay, is a person who knows the history of Bedside just as well as we do. She knows the history of all of us. <laughs> the good and the bad and the ugly, as you say. Um, she was the reason over the years. She was the cooler head.
that that used to be on drugs and and those that changed their lives because of that one man. Um, and I'm I'm honored on today, Amen. Because of him, his life it wasn't easy. Sometimes people think it's easy, Amen. But you have to stand. You have to stand regardless of what people say, what people do. And he was one that went out, and he was bold in everything he did. Now he made sure people knew that Bed Stuy was on the scene. If something happened, right. he would take the littlest thing and blow it up great big that the news would come and and get our name out there in the newspaper, on the television, stories that uh, books written about him. He's in books, amen. And we thank God, hallelujah, for his life. I thank him all the time because God knew what he was doing. He made him. Now, he, like he made all of us. A lot of times we don't know where our life is going to go, but we just have to trust in God amen, because he knows all things. And Rudy, like I said, Rudy told the story, amen. I, I didn't know why at uh, times when I wouldn't go that people would come and say, we need you there, we need you there. I did not know. I was just writing the reward for one of our um, employees for the most volunteer hours in the honor of Dorothy Harris, one of those in charge of dispatch because he yeah. was in dispatch. So we honor them. We honor Deborah Crawford, amen, because oh. of where we come from. And we give out work in their name on tomorrow. People that volunteer and change their lives will be seeing will be receiving those rewards on tomorrow for people that just that, that stood, amen. And we thank I thank God all the time for Bed Stuy and I go and you know, if you see him it, it's an honor when I drive down the street and I, I could drive up on him and say, Where you going? you know, because they're yet out there today and it would never happen if it wasn't for the man that had the dream to change lives in Bed Stuy to change lives and help his people because young kids was laying in the street dying. He worked for the EMS. He worked for them, and, and, and they just wasn't coming. And I thank God because so many pulled uh, their lives together and stood by it and became what they were. And, and, this, and you know, Ben, sometimes people feel like, well, you was there, you got what you need, why can't you come back? But a lot of times the ones that really help isn't those that receive of it. Amen. They went on, and, and the, the gift is knowing that people became doctors, whether they come back and serve or not. That's life. That's, That's life. life. That's life. Nurses. That's life. When he was sick and I went into the hospital, different hospitals, there wasn't a hospital I went in that people did not know him, you know, and that was a blessing. They'll say, I, I started at this time. But you know what? The people have lives to live, you know, and, and the thing is he just imparted so much into so many people's lives. And we thank God for Bed-Stuy is yet going on. I thank God for the CEO now is one that grew up around right. He grew That's up. Right. He knew, and, and I look at him and a great teacher. And one of them was telling me the other day because he teach paramedics and EMTs in the fire department how good he is. And I laughed. I said, well, he can't help. His mom's a great teacher, and his dad's a great teacher, you know, it, and it was in his blood. Was, I mean, Antoine was one that watched the uh, medical things on television. It wasn't watching shows and TV stuff. Anything medical, he would grab hold of it. And I thank God that he was able to step up because when you look around, there's not too many that's able to step up and 
and fill the shoes of one James Rocky Robertson. And Antoine is able to do it. So we pray for him daily that the Lord strengthen him and keep him, you know. And yes, ma'am. everyone that rides the buses. And then James, he grew up around there. And then he's chief of operation. Ron's chief of field services. And he go out there, he finds things, and, and, and he makes sure they're, they're right. They're right. I thank God all the time for the volunteers because without the volunteers, bedside would not exist. Not exist, amen. And I, and it's just great. It's great. I thank God for His life that He lived, amen. A lot of times we look at our people and we say, "Oh, they don't live. They don't do this here." But you never know. You never know. And, right. and it's not for us to judge. Right. But pray. If you want something changed, you got to pray about it and let God right. work. Sometimes you have to step back and just let God work. And I thank God, hallelujah, for what he has done. And, yes, Rudy, uh, the prayers is going up. Somebody's prayer <laughs> line. And, and I'm telling you, pray for Bed-Stuy all the time. See? So the prayers are yet going up for Bed-Stuy. Yes, ma'am. And I thank God for you, Rudy. I thank God for your faithfulness that you were there. Amen, hallelujah. I thank God, hallelujah. Because you work, you don't just do days. They did the midnight shift, and they leave families and kids behind, you know, to do it. And they love it. They love it. So um, he did. He did an awesome job. God used him for yes, that. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. I, I often said that you never know why you do the things you do, or you know why you hook up and and you know with people that you do. But you see, yes. God is a friend, and it's mighty sweet. It's mighty sweet. We just have to trust in him every day in our lives. And we're yet doing that at best. I'm yet praying. I got prayers going. If they don't know what it is, and I, I didn't understand why I was saying that earlier when they, well, I would go there and then when I disappear a while because I work, I had kids, I'm doing church and all of that, and then yeah. they need you. And then that's when someone which told me in my ear, he say, they say, when you come in, everything is just so peaceful. So. Yeah. You know, That's sometimes it's, it's the spirit of God that does that. And sometimes people know it, but they just don't know what it is, but they know it's something. And I thank God because um, I love people. I love the Lord. Amen. I always say serving God is serving others. We just can't right. think about ourselves. We have right. to think about other people in this life. It's not all about us. It's about who life you touch every day. Did I help somebody along the way today? You know, there's always something we could do to help somebody. Sometimes it's just a smile on your face. Not look, you know, people don't know. You walk down the street looking like a bulldog. Ain't nobody gonna say nothing to you. But when you have a smile on your face and a sweet spirit, they'll be saying good morning as you go. And we have to learn to that that people are people. We all belong to God, regardless of who we are. And the whole thing is his goal was to bring the world together. So he was talking about, you know, like he said, who are we? We're all family. family. We're all right. family. We belong together. Right. Thank God. It's not that you, you're better than one. No. Mm-mm. We're all the same in God's sight. Amen. And I thank God, hallelujah, for bed -Stuy. Thank God for C.O. Robinson. Rudy, I love you. I love you. I, thank I God. love you too, Mom. Amen. All of those that volunteer and, and keep it running, you know, those, some of them, it doesn't matter because you're not an EMT or, you know, you don't drive the bus, you're not an MVO, you know, it, 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 everything plays in. If you're 
sweeping up the yard, if you're taking out the garbage, it's always something we can do. And whatever you do, nobody can down you about it because we need it done in our lives. Amen. In your home, you know, if you don't pick up stuff and do it, get out of whack. And the same thing at the Amalek's Corps. And we have people that comes in just to do that, you know, to make sure the garbage is put out on the street on time. You know, we thank God for all the volunteers, and we thank God for where best I have came from, and God knows where it is going. Amen. Hallelujah. We're looking for bigger and greater things. Amen. And the prayers of the righteous is behind it, Rudy. We're there. Yes, Amen. Yes, Amen. God, people know. People wonder how I got this house on this corner. Amen. But, you know, something happened. My, they knock on my door. They need to get in. They knock. I said, I'm right here. I'm right here to, to yet help, you know, anytime. To, we don't want to bother you 2 o'clock in the morning. I say, but I'm here. It doesn't matter. You know, you help when you can and you do what you have to do. And we thank God for you, Rudy. We thank God. Thank I you. love you. I miss you. I love you, too. I miss you. I, miss you. I um, know. I talk so much, Rudy. I say, I ain't got nothing to say. What do you call me? <laughs>
paramilitary organization they were going into. He gave discipline in a neighborhood, tough love in a neighborhood where there was no love. Well, and thank you. Even even one more thing was even yes. Wait, if you had a felony, a felon, a felony, yeah, yeah, you couldn't work for the fire department. That's right. You had two employees that had felonies, and because of where they were coming from, Bed-Stuy, they took and hired them, and they're working today with their felonies. In that, mm-hmm. because yep. of what they came from, they uh, uh, she called them. What's her name? Was it Rosemary Quinn? What was her name, Rudy? Peggy Quinn. Yeah, she called them Rocky's Angels. That's right, Peggy yeah. Quinn. Oh, they have so much respect for Commander mm-hmm. in in the fire department that just a word, a pick, a phone call from the commander could get you in to the academy. That's right. Yep. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Man. Man. Well, I thank you, Ms. Robinson, for listening audience. Like I said, this entire show is dedicated to the memory of Commander James Rocky Robinson, my father. Yeah. My dad. Yeah. Our dad. I can't say mine. So I can't, I can't say that. It's, it's, a, it's a bunch of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and this is mom right here, and 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 every aspect of the word. This is mom. She and she did what mother is supposed to do when we needed it. She blazed us when when we needed it. She loved us, and you know. So thank God for her, and thank God for all of us because again, as James said earlier, we are true. Family and every aspect of the word. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, why y'all so quiet, James? And alone, y'all in there? Hey, Linda. Can you still hear me, bro? Rudy, they probably never heard me talk so much. <laughs> no, no, no. I do. You what you gotta do is you gotta let the first lady speak. She going She got. She got to hear it from her perspective. You understand? <laughs> we gotta hear it from her perspective. Because, you know what I mean, she didn't get it the way we got it. It was different. Right. It was right. different. You know what I mean? She said it from the first lady perspective. I got to tell my story from the from the grandson perspective and the, and, the, and, the, and the nephew perspective. I'm still traumatized to this day, and I'm 35 years old. <laughs> Yo, bro, I wait. I, I tell you, I be at the base sometimes, and I be sleep because I be coming from work, and I come to the base, and I just wake up thinking I'm about to get in trouble for something. That's because you oh, wake up thinking I'm in trouble for something. Listen, you was always doing something. Listen, I always got in trouble. You know, I sometimes forget that I'm in charge now. I sometimes forget that because I go to sleep and I swear I wake up thinking I did something wrong. <laughs> uh, that's because you're doing something wrong. That's what it means you're doing something wrong. Nah, I don't, I don't know. I shouldn't have been sleeping. That's what I was doing wrong. I needed to be up. Uh, but there was something I, I was I doing. It's not, it's not, you know, it's it, it's not easy to go 
20 some odd years and still be trucking with it. You know, the people say to me every day now, oh, you know, you still in EMS or you still doing this and you still doing that? That takes a lot of dedication to be still with that style, oh, yeah. still be yeah. If I was in New York, I, I would still be there also because, I, because of what, what it gave me. Personally, what it gave me was it gave me an opportunity, and me and Rudy talk about this pretty often, to be, to be a leader in an organization of my peers. Right. To actually be able to, to actually be able to be a chief, to actually be able to be a commanding officer at an EMS agency in a time that we were, it wasn't Right. You know. That's right. It's funny. It's funny that you, it's funny that you say that, right? It's funny that you say that because I look at it like I, I'm serving seventeen. I've been seventeen years as an EMT. Come up in December. I'll be 17 years as an EMT, and I would never, I would have never thought in a million years that I would be an EMT this long. It took that one conversation with Grandpa, or as everybody knows him, as the as the as the commander. It took that one conversation, like you're going to EMT school. I'm like, yeah, it was fun while I was a kid, you know. Now I'm on the other things. It's like, no, you're going to EMT school. Class starts on Tuesday. Make sure you're in the seat. Here's the check. And I'm just like, right, okay. Right. Hey, Jay, tell us, when you're talking to the commander, it was no, what do you want to do? No, this is what you're going to do. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, and, you man. know, a lot of people couldn't say that they ran on the ambulance with their, with their grandparents as an EMT. I got the ability to run on calls with my grandfather. That's true. You know, yes, sir. So I'm definitely with that guy. Yeah, that was one man, was even retired, and there was that ambulance was out of service and you had an EMT there, that man would drive. Listen, drive get somebody else to help you live. Yep. And that man drove that ambulance if he was standing. At 65, he drove that ambulance like he was 25. And I had the pleasure yes, of working on an ambulance and saving a life with my grandfather. And not a lot of people can say that. You're right. So, You're right. I got to work on an ambulance best. with my father and my son. That's right. You're right. You're all right. Exactly. And Bedside, and like a lot said, Bedside gave us an outlet. A lot of places, what, what I, like, let's be real and let's be honest. What I think I would be the chief of staff of another volunteer ambulance service in this city. My Not chances just are very- be the chief of qualified to be the chief of staff. That's the it, 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 A lot of people Big Sky gave us qualifications. It made us masters of this EMS game here at a young age and Made, gave us a seat at the table with some of the best communities. People like Paul Maniscalco, people like uh, Terry Smith, people like Ken Obamachi, who were legends in EMS at the time we came through, but we were able to sit with them and to hold our own with them because of the Bedside Volunteer Ambulance Corps. 
and people don't understand, like, when you when you went on break, me and La was just talking about Haiti. What what community-based organization got hundreds of people on the ground in Haiti? What community, what community organization was able to set up a hospital um, as if it was a New York City hospital? 96 hours after the first stopped shaking on, 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 in, in January of 2010, the bedside volunteer ambulance for boots on the ground in the country of Haiti. From bedside to Haiti, was there before the Red Cross, was there before the United States military, was there before any of the rescue funders. Worldwide, the U.N. relief team were there before any of them because the vision of one man, the relationship and the respect that he had built up across the across party lines, Republican, Democrat, liberals, whites, he said he wanted to go. He said he had the people to go and to get there. He got the Church of Scientology to uh, uh, get, get the transportation, and he got politicians in the area to open up the office after hours to make sure that the passport applications were stamped and they were proper for the people who were going to go. And then he got the people to take time off of their jobs not just once, but seven times to go on a relief mission to another country where you wasn't guaranteed anything. You wasn't guaranteed a hotel room. You wasn't guaranteed a field. You wasn't guaranteed a patient. You were going to help those who were less fortunate, and that's all it was. The only guarantee was we would get there. You wasn't even guaranteed to come back. You know what's funny? I, I got two stories about Haiti. One is when the earthquake happened. I remember being at work. I was working at Citywide Mobile Response at the time. I remember getting off, and I was putting my equipment away, and I get a phone call from Grandpa. When you get a phone call and your phone says, Rocky on it, it's either two things. Either you did something. Or you knew that somebody did something. (laughs) Or you you messed up. So I get a phone call from Grandpa at 10 o'clock at night. So this is rare. Everybody know Rocky's in the bed at this time. He calls me. He says, hey, listen, I'm just letting you know you're going to Haiti. Let your job know. I looked at the phone and started laughing. I said, I'm not going to Haiti. I can't speak Creole. And I don't have a passport. He told me, it wasn't a question, I wasn't asking you, I'm telling you, you're going to Haiti, you're going to take a team to Haiti. I said, okay, Grandpa, whatever you say. I told my job, I said, hey, listen, my grandfather wants me to go to Haiti for the relief. They said, you know, quickly, they said, okay, we'll sign, we'll give you off, we'll give you the time off. They signed the paperwork, I was relieved, I came to the base. By the time I got to the base, it was like 1 o'clock in the morning. There had to be at least 40 people sitting and laying out in the yard, in the office, laying on lawn chairs, sleeping in the back of the ambulance, because everybody was waiting to go to Haiti. 
and, and, and Allah's and, and Allah's a bear witness because we was there getting everybody paperwork together. It was so funny that we got everybody yes, paperwork together that we that we missed the first flight to Haiti. Yes, right. sir. That's right. Me and Allah, let me tell you, me and Allah missed the first flight to Haiti, and we missed the flight from Haiti to come home. That's how much we were worrying about everybody else. That we missed the flight, the first flight to go to Haiti, me and Allah wasn't on. We got on the second flight a couple of days later, and we stayed there for two weeks. Hold on, James. James and Allah, shout out to Colin Rayburn. Rayburn! (laughs) Colin! What's going on, boy? Oh, God. James got calling on his phone. Oh, God. Oh, God. Colin oh, Rayburn. man. Man. Lindell, you on the line? Say something, Lindell. Say something. Lindell, press the number one and speak. <laughs> oh, he being all shy. Hello, again. my name is Lindell. But... Push the Family, talk. Uh... <laughs> Push the button. Wait two seconds. There you go. There you go. Push the button, wait two seconds, and then speak. Rudy Chambers Hello. like the dispatch radio. Right, right. Lindell, say something. What up? Yo. Okay. Hello, uh, everybody. Uh, Miss Robinson is on the. Miss Robinson is on the line too. Hello, mother. Hi, dear. How are you? I'm well. <laughs> I'm well. Uh, I was I was sitting back listening to to your to your riveting testimony, and I'm glad I'm glad I was unable to interrupt because I don't want I don't want the wrath of interruption. <laughs> See, some of them don't know what that is, but I do. Uh, but it's, oh, good to hear, it's good to hear everybody oh. on the phone. Man. Yo. Yeah. Man. So, uh, hold on, Linda. Hold on. You are listening to Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness on the Black Hole Radio Network. This is a show that is specifically uh, a tribute to Commander James Rocky Robinson, founder of the Bedford Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps, and to the bedside volleys, past and present, who sacrifice portions of their life, their time, their families, to ensure that the residents of the Bedford Stuyvesant community had competent, qualified, compassionate, caring help when they needed it. And now, because of that happening in bedside, all over the world, you have bedside volleys who are continuing that legacy of Commander Robinson because they are going wherever it is that they go, but bedside is their foundation where they learned it's not about how smart you are, it's how much compassion you have for human suffering that you are willing to sacrifice some of your uh, time and sacrifice some of your comfort in order to help somebody else. All right, go ahead, Linda. 
We're off our Rocky Robinson story. Yeah, this story. Can y'all hear him? No. No, I can't hear him. Okay. No, I don't hear him. Okay. That's what happened when you got... When you got a and everybody else and everybody else got a Galaxy or iPhone, right? The rollerball got stuck. That's what it is. Him and my wife and Nefertiti are the only last people that got BlackBerry. First of all, (laughs) first of all, never had a BlackBerry. First of all, I've never had a BlackBerry. Yo, Lindell said that one gas station. Yo, Rudy, Lindell's yeah. at that one gas station with the one pump that got the one cell phone with, antenna. With, with the one gallon of gas with the one price. Right. No, worse than, worse than that, I'm in the Bronx. Nah, uh, that's what the gas station was. The only payphone in the Bronx. Right, that's what the gas station was. Bronx. He had the only payphone and, and he ran out of quarters. Oh man! Oh man! You know what? It just feels so good to be on the phone with everybody. It's like a big family reunion. You know, I, I gotta say, as probably the youngest person on this phone call, that I got I got the opportunity to work with every last one of you guys, and I personally appreciate all the the education and the knowledge that you guys have spewed into me to allow me to cool, continue. You're also the biggest the person on this phone call. Which you guys have left behind. And all the free food, because you're also the biggest person on this phone call. Hush, boy. You know what? Listen, do y'all realize realize that it's over 100 years of EMS experience on this line right now? Oh, we can't forget about Colin, too. (laughs) Yep. It's over 100 years of experience, of EMS experience, and EMS ain't really even that old. Wow. You know why? It's because that time made it to whereas we wanted to do this job. Like even, even not just volunteering, but getting paid to do it. It made us, it made us servants of others, and that's the only reason why I'm still doing it is because of that job. Because if I, if I got if I always oh, came in it for the money, I wouldn't be here. No, it's definitely a calling, and it's not for everybody. It's not. Yeah, because I remember days that. I couldn't wait to leave my paid job to go to Bedside and volunteer. I couldn't. I, right. I was like, man, I can't wait to get off this truck. So I go over there, get on the truck, and go do some real work. I, I didn't even consider my real job real work. What about this? What about, what, about, what about calling off sick to your regular job to go ride on the volunteer truck? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, you we'll, know we'll, what? I want to do an event. want yeah. to do an event because Commander would be like, Hey, we got that event on Thursday, and I need you to be there. He like, whatever, well, I'm working. No, sir, you're gonna be there at the event. Oh, yes, sir. Okay, I'll be there. Man, right. listen, I tell you this. Anybody knows volunteer. me. Anybody yeah. knows me. I hate working the overnight. I am not an overnight person. I'd rather be in my bed sleeping. I spend most of my overnights volunteering rather than being on a paid truck. Right. Oh. 
Oh yeah. Man. Man. Yeah, man. This is something, man. You know, so we are all living witnesses that when people say that one man can't make a difference, we can call him a liar. You're a liar. You're, you're a liar. Because we are all witnesses because we're all drawn to this thing by one man. So one man does make a difference, and that's how it always is. It's not the majority, it's that minority that starts the ball rolling. Then everybody gets the ball when it's comfortable, when it's uh, cushy, when they, you know, when when, they, when you all the um, uh, uh, bells and whistles are there. But it's that one man who is who is there, who is making it happen. Um, without all the comforts uh, of everybody else. So one man does make a difference. And he's not a dreamer because he made that dream a reality. Amen. So, man. A lot of of people weren't even, you know. And I'm doing all this talking. Hold on. I'm doing all this talking, and I forgot that our engineer has his own bedside story because he went to bedside and became an EMT through the bedside volunteer ambulance. So, Brother Forrest, unmute your phone. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Can you hear me? Listen, yes, I hear you. Mrs. Robinson is on the line. Of course, you know everybody else that's on the line, but we all talking about our bedside stories. But I told him our engineer has his own bedside story. And, and the fact that Brother Forrest had a heart attack, he was going through his EMT course. Yes, yes, sir. Well, brother, you know, I have to speak from a point of uh, what's the what's the word I'm looking for? You guys rode y'all rode the bus a lot more than I did. When I came aboard, it was so we could do the classes for disaster preparedness. I got my EMT license from Bill Stein and Rocky, and I used to sit down and talk all the time in in the in the uh, trailer. I never met a man like him. Uh, I remember one time we went to a meeting. Remember we went to a meeting at uh, Memphis Stuyvesant and Restoration, and, yeah. and I thought I was allowed to speak. <laughs> I spoke in Rocky Curry. You spoke out of turn. Right, you spoke out of turn and got, and got, and, and, and got, and got pow, pow. Yeah, I got, I, I got, I got, I, I never been, I, I haven't been hit that hard since my uncle hit me. So, but Rocky was Rocky was not like I was listening to you say he wasn't a dreamer. He was not, but he, he kept that going. Um, I don't know. If we want to talk about the enemies of best time, but man, he he kept he kept the enemies at bay. Cause they were always coming after the after the core. And uh, I think about all the brothers and sisters I met through best time who are now doctors, uh, nurses paramedics and of course active EMTs extraordinaire. And something about an EMT who came through Best Star, they're, they're a little bit more advanced than a regular EMT. You know, maybe could uh, like uh, 
like the grandson said, it, 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 love was brought into it. It's not, it's not about money at bedside. It's about love of the community. You know, you 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 love Rocky. You know, you're scared of him, but you love him. <laughs> but I, I I think a lot much that I got to meet Brother Rudolph that got me to meet Rocky, and I, I spend a lot of time on that trail on Friday and fr- on Friday's afternoon for the fish fry to raise money. Uh, this is that that's my best I life. You know, a couple of times on the bus, uh, a couple of times at the hospital. But man, brother, I I, I got life. I got a lifelong lesson. Uh, when Rocky had his first major incident, and he and he literally passed away, him and I were talking about a month later in the trailer. And he was just telling me that experience. I mean, I was I was humbled, you know. I'm a great man, a great a great cause. I mean, brother, I I met I sat down with the man who ran a leg of the torch for the Olympics. I mean, I can I can say that I sat down and talked to him on a regular basis. Uh, even though he wasn't he wasn't really political, but he was one of the points of light, a light for uh, was it uh, right. Bush? Five yeah, seven. Bush. Yeah, the 72nd point of light. Yes, yeah, sir. and so I mean, Rocky Rocky did so much. I mean, he 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 be uh, spoke you know, as he and, 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 huh? But right, he he was asked to speak at the. Republican convention, okay? Right. You know who who, who you right. who who does that? He wasn't even a Republican. Who you know that does that? Right. And he got up there and he rocked. He, he, Godfather Rock came up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but brother, that's why I love you know? about him, brother. And that's, I mean, that's why I love about him, not love, because uh, the true believers. Never speak of them as being dead. They live, but we just perceive not. But Rocky. Oh, he's is, definitely alive. Uh, it's a poem by uh, Kipling that says, "If if you keep your heads about you when all men are losing theirs, you know, if you keep that common touch." He had a common touch. He just was. He was a regular man, but was not regular at all. But he could be on Correct. the corner arguing with the dope boys, or he'd be uh, like you said, be speaking at the Republican convention, or or running the torch uh, for the Olympics. Or sitting down before city, uh, city officials, and sitting Same down in front of city officials, and and arguing why this side is vital to the community. You know, so I mean, the brother was multifaceted. Not, I mean, I truly believe he feared no one but God. You know, and that's that's the man I know, and that's the experience I had at best side Ambulance Corps. And I prayed till I long after be gone. But you know, I'm listening to you, brothers, and this is Rocky's legacy. You know, this is Rocky's true legacy. Men and women who have dedicated their life to service uh, for a cause. That's a beautiful legacy, man. What a, what a life well lived. You know? So, yes, sir. thank you for bringing me on, Brother Rudolph, for going back behind the scenes where I belong. Thank you. Summer Lake. Thank you, Brother Rudolph. Summer Lake. Yes, sir. Man, man. See, I mean, he just touched. He just touched. He touched. Everybody, everybody, and again, didn't matter, black, white, red, yellow, green, he three colors. The only colors he saw was the red, black, and green of that Tasmanian double ambulance with that blue light running through the streets of a volunteer ambulance. 
Rudy. Yes, ma'am. You remember that uh, he beat Michael Jordan out at the uh, white, the white school in South Carolina, North Carolina? Yes. That warned him. In town where he grew up at, right, beat Michael as the most influential and famous person, and the children wanted to meet Rocky, Michael Jordan. And he, so he went down to North Wilkes. Wilk something, North Carolina, yep. and he spoke at that at that school for those young children, and they loved him like he was a superstar. I, I, I forgot about that, man. Yeah, they all was white too, all of them. Well, well he was the only black one there. Yeah. <laughs> man. And then on top of that, a world Olympic, he taught, he carried the torch. He does so much. Right. Carried the Olympic torch, 572nd point of light. Mm-hmm. I, I salute the Memphis Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps as one of America's shining points. Of, I'll never forget, it was a Tuesday night, 9 p.m., that President Bush came on and made that speech and talked about St. Francis of Assembly <laughs> and, and presented us with the 570 Point of Light Award. And every time President Bush came to New York City, he requested the Bedford-Stuyvesant Volunteer Ambulance Corps to meet him on the tarmac, to meet Air Force One on the tarmac. Everything. Yep. Nice. Not just an ordinary man. There was nothing ordinary about Commander James Rocky Robinson. The first black to walk the uh, JFK tomb. He was an MP in the Army. And, and he was the first black soldier to be appointed to that position. I mean, his whole life, he 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 did amazing things, and that when now when we sit back and look at him, you know that God had His hand on his life. Yes, and he was he was he was being guided to do the things that he did. It wasn't just something he just thought of and decided to do. Because if that was the case, then why isn't there another bedside? I want there other bedsides around the world because it takes an extraordinary man, but a humble man, and it takes a man that's going to be guided by God because of the condition of his heart. It's not what you see him do. It's not what you hear him say. It's what's deep inside the heart that we can, that, you, that humans can't see. And so there had to be something in his heart that God showed favor on him and used him to do the work that he did. And I honestly believe that. 
But somebody else could talk. Even though it's my show, somebody else could talk. James, Paul. Yeah, I'm I'm still here. Still here. Still here. I'm I'm just sitting here listening to all the great, like I said, all the great things that our leader did for the community. Our father, grandfather, husband, uncle, uh, commanding officer, you know, whatever he was to anybody. I'm just sitting back and I'm just listening. And I go on YouTube a lot. And I just look at, the, like, the 2020 documentary, one of the first documentaries that was done yeah. um, on Bed-Stuy. And it's a 10-minute documentary. Yeah. And it's one of the things that when we have when we have new members that come to Bed-Stuy, I show them that. Now, we have the, the yeah. recent documentary, Rudy, that we was in. A, a oh no! Years I ago. saw that, and I missed it. I saw that on the website, and man, that is so powerful. And thank y'all, whoever put that on there. That is such a powerful piece. When you open up on, on the bed for whoever's looking to look at that piece, man, that brought tears to my eyes. And you know, I don't cry. Yeah, <laughs> but it was. It's like to show the 2020 documentary, and it showed it from the beginning. It showed on a Friday night how many people was inside of the trailer, how many kids were running. Showed that that's kids, like one and two years old, running around. You know, it showed you guys in your in your younger years, because uh, you know we know you guys are old. Um, and it just shows it just shows the power the powerfulness of the organization and what it was able what it was doing in the community from day one. Right. That's right. Man. And like I said, you know, he was able to bring people together. Hell, um, I mean, we had some of the best instructors that New York State had to offer. We had Terry yeah. Smith. We had... Ken Olabachi, we had Artie Lester. Oh, man. I mean, these are people who, they were pioneers of the New York City EMS system. And can't forget about, about Mr. Seeley. Oh, man. But now here's the thing about Clyde Seeley, okay? Remember. It was a community meeting at at Boys and Girls High. Clyde Seeley was sitting in the audience. And based on what Rocky said, Rocky inspired him, he said, to become an EMT. And then he went on to paramedic school, and then he opened up Seeley's Training Academy, and then he started funneling people in through the uh, the New York City Fire Department, and helping to increase the numbers of people of color in the department. Yeah. So Amen. everybody that went, that came through, Ababa, uh, Ababa. Uh, I mean, man, when I first instructor, he was he was my instructor, and then. I had the pleasure of becoming his instructor to uh, 
uh, recertify him. You know, Can't forget about. I've been I've been in structure since 1989. I've been teaching thanks to Commander Robinson and the Bedside Volunteer Ambulance Corps. It was on my birthday, January 5th, 1990, that we flew from JFK to San Francisco, me, Rocky, and Joe, had a five-hour layover in San Francisco, and then we went to Eugene, Oregon, where we were given a Bennett first system by the organizers of Bennett First Aid. They taught us over the weekend the system and gave us the entire system as a gift to Big for what we were doing in our community. And as he and Rocky built up such a relationship that they, at times they used to go, Rocky would go see him and he would be out on the yacht with him. They, uh, him and John Carmichael. Would be in the airplane together. He just built up such a relationship with people that crossed a part, that went across party lines because of the community preparedness. Um, we had the five thirty hour, a little past it, little uh, little less than thirty minutes to go in this week's show. But, again, tomorrow, if you're anywhere in the New York City area, make your way to 727 Green Avenue. That's the corner of Marcus Garvey Boulevard and Green Avenue, the home of the Bed-Stuy Volleys, the infamous Bed-Stuy Volleys, the tenacious Bed-Stuy Volleys, the courageous, fearless Bed-Stuy Volleys, those who walk into the smoking guns while they're still firing in order to save a life. Because what's the model of bedside? Not just saving lives, but changing lives. So somebody uh, want to give them uh, more information uh, about the program and the first tomorrow? Oh, then that would be me. I guess I'll have to do it. Um, so yes, tomorrow we have we're celebrating our uh, 35th uh, year anniversary here for the Bedford Service of Volunteer Ambulance Corps. We're going to have a live band. Um, yes, Rudy, your sister will be uh, doing her thing. Felicia will be providing the entertainment for us. The priceless band. That's right. The priceless band will be there. Yeah, we're going to be you know normal, you know, just us having fun and and and, and reflecting on 35 years of service to the Bed-Stuy community. We're going to be, you know, awarding uh, certain uh, members with awards such as, you know, the the Deborah Crawford uh, Leadership Award. You're going to have the Dorothy Havers Communications Award. You're going to have the James Rocky Robertson Leadership Award. You know, we have a lot of there. We have the Wayne Phillips Dedication Award. And we're just okay, going to be honoring, yeah. you know, those those who have been, you know, have been here and been riding the trucks and providing the, the community with the services and also helping out uh, around the base and things of that sort. 
Uh, we're going to have a lot of politicians coming through, you know, showing their support. Uh, one of our community um, council people is going to be actually giving out awards to our our members for uh, bravery acts, you know, lifesaver awards and things of that sort. So it's going to be a day of it's going to be a day of fun activity. And if you're around in the community, please stop by. It's open to the public. Starts at 11 a.m. from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. If you're around, definitely come stop by. You know, and and share and you know celebrate with us on 35 years of service. Man, yeah, man. I got a text from. Um, let me get this right now. I got a text from. Congress, uh, 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 Assemblywoman Stephanie Zinnerman. Did I get that right? She's assembly. Yeah, she got it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a text from her to be expecting something from her. Yeah, she's yeah, she's definitely going to be there. She's I think she's actually flying out the same day, but on the way to the airport, she says she's going to stop by and and come uh, celebrate with us for the day. Yep, yep. We go way back. We're about to celebrate tomorrow. 35 years of excellence, 35 years of training, 35 years of community uh, community service, you know, 35 years of dedication, you know, 35 years of just being uh, a cornerstone in the Bed-Stuy community. Man, that's a beautiful thing. That's a, that's a beautiful legacy. That's a beautiful legacy to have to uh, pass on to the next generation and to be blessed to protect and to further. Because make no mistake about it, you guys are the gatekeepers now. You are the guardians. The sports has been passed. And we did what we did in our time there based on the time and the circumstances and what needed to be done. Now it's time for you guys to make your marks on the world, in the world. And that's why I said I appreciate I appreciate everything that you guys, like I said, have, when you guys have trained me and, you know, prepared me for the day that I never thought would come. You know, to if be somebody honest. told me 30 years ago that at this time I would no longer be in New York City at Bed Stuy, I would have told them they would smoke a drug. I never would have. I never would have thought twenty three years ago, spending a weekend with Grandpa would have ended up with me being where I am at with the organization. I would have never thought in a million years. But I'm glad that that one weekend trip gave me the opportunity to see what the best volunteer ambulance corp does and to be a part of it. Yes, sir. Yep. And to meet some wonderful people like Colin Rayburn. A lot of smalls, 
you know, I got to, you know, get, you know, uh, I get my, my behind by my uncles, Lindell and Rudy, and, you know, be led by my grandfather. Hey, listen, listen, we were all blessed to be in that space at that time, you know, for the purpose that we were there for. But, you know, I thank God much because everything that he gave me and allowed me to come here to a different city and to show that he did have a superior training method and to be able to utilize it here to start making waves here and doing some of the same things that we did there. And all I did, I just used the same format. I haven't done nothing extraordinary. I remember what he did, and I always think to myself when and I say to my wife, and we talk about it, and we laugh, what would commander do then? So I pull up I pull up my pants and I put that twist on that Rocky Robinson twist on and I'm good to go. Here you here you go. Here you go. You started it. I I I'm I I'm actually gonna sit here on the phone and say today I didn't start it. You started it. You started today. You know, because it ain't right unless it's twisted. Unless it's twisted. Right. Straight on you still on? He's working. So we thank him. Mr. Robinson, again, thank you for hanging with us. Blessing words. You know you don't have to do it. Yeah. I love you. And, 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 and always willing to look at this guy. We are at seventeen for three hours. A little, little less than a little over fifteen minutes to go. Um, if anybody has any closing that you want to make, um, now's the time because uh, they they are going to cut us off promptly at eighteen hundred. We having too much fun. Yeah. You say you have too much time? We're having too much fun. So, ah, yeah, so Ms. Robinson, if you have any closing remarks you would like to make? Well, I, I, I my closing remark is towards you. I would like to thank you. You know, I don't I don't often get to speak on your show, but I make it my business whether I'm at work, if I'm moving around, if I'm doing anything, to at least try to listen in your show and just like the information that you're giving to the community uh, about preparing ourselves for the fact that if nobody else is going to do it, 
who is going to do it. You guys do a magnificent job for that, and I completely 100% support what you're doing. I appreciate what you've done for me because I always tell people, you know, my uncle, you know, was a beast, you know. <laughs> like, I always cry. My uncle was a beast. Like, I just, I just remember hearing you call my name as a kid every time I did something wrong. You know that that that, that that loud voice across the across the yard is different. It hit different when it comes from you. But you know, you, you know, you you definitely you definitely put a lot of you know positivity. You put a lot of time into me, and like I said, I appreciate you for that. I appreciate you for all the years of dedication to the best talk as being one of the founding members of the organization. You know, you said you basically you uh it's too many people to name. You know, Tim Sutton, everybody else, Goody, you know, everybody else who who was there from the beginning. Uh, you know, you guys you guys left your, your footprint in the sand. And we know that you wear a size thirty shoe and nobody could fit their foot in your footprint. <laughs> but you allowed, but you gave us space to you you left space for us to continue on, like, where you stopped that, we just picked up the torch and we just kept going. And I'm glad to see where the organization is at, where the organization was, and where the organization is going. And I want to be able to leave the same footprint for those who are coming in behind me uh, the same way you left for us. So I just personally want to thank you, not as only being your your nephew, but being uh, a person that was under, you know, that you mentored to be the person in the EMT that I am today. Well, I thank you for that. I thank you for taking my uh, abuse uh, before <laughs> there was a 911 to, to, to be able to call to get help for being an abused child. You took it, and, and you took, took it for the best. But I thank all of y'all that um, – you know, that came there that helped us because we didn't do it by ourselves. We were only able to be as successful as before because you all were there and you all were willing workers. It isn't like we had to twist your arms. The only thing we had to make you all do was go home. That's what we had to make you all do. Yeah, we just waited outside. You all been here four days. You've been here Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday night. Go home. You have to go to school to the core. No. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, so, I, I thank yeah. you all, and I thank you all for picking up the mantle and marching on now in this dispensation of time and keeping the, keeping the legend alive, keeping the story alive, adding to the legacy of Commander James Rocky Robinson and all of those who have all who who have gone on before us and who have sacrificed time and space, you know, to create this historic organization on the one this one of a kind organization, you know, for the benefit of humanity. So I, I thank you all and big up to y'all and I, I, I salute each one of y'all because y'all could have been anywhere else, but y'all chose to be there, and that says that says uh, 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 
a mouthful about your character. And then again, Ms. Robinson, for your leadership, for your mentoring, for your counseling, you know, for you, the spirit that you would bring, the calmness, the uh, ability to um, make sense out of nonsense. We thank you personally for that. Jesus, man. Man, life. Life. So, 1549, 11 minutes to go on this week's uh, show. And we have been um, living, we have been spending time talking about uh, um, lifting up the name of Commander James Rocky Robinson and lifting up his legacy and giving him the honor that's due him for a job well done in making a big difference in a community that was almost written off and forgotten about. And for changing the lives of people who nobody else really gave a a, a darn about. So, you know, to whom much is given, much is required, and we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us, and now it's our turn. As he used to say, you know, people used to say, man, I don't know what's wrong with the youth nowadays. They, they're crazy, man. They, they, they're lost. Well, as he used to always ask the question, well, who lost them? We lost them. So we're required to go get them back. So it passes on to you guys now. Now it's your job to ensure that there's a deep in the darkness, an oasis in the desert for some weary traveler that may stumble to that corner that needs a refreshing drink, that needs a, a smile and a positive word that will make a difference in their life and in their day. Now it's your turn. Yes, sir. Life, life, life. Yes, sir. Paul, are you still on? Okay, I think Alar is going. Yes, through. sir. I'm here. I'm here, brother. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, uh, what's what's new on the landscape where you are? We got about eight minutes to get some 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 news out. If you have any news down your way. Who are you talking to, brother? <laughs> I was talking to a lot. I was talking to anybody, really, that may have an announcement oh. to make.
giving out, uh, uh, you know, on preparedness for the individual as well as for the family. And it's just a day for you to get out there and meet your neighbors and to be able to um, politic, as they say, those uh, in your community and to learn the things that you can learn from each other. Everybody has a skill. Everybody has a talent. Everybody has something that they are good at what makes them them, their signature, and tomorrow will be a day for the family to uh, get together and put all these skills together so that we can be prepared when disaster strikes. That's my PSA. Anybody else? Uh, comments, suggestions, questions? For the listeners, thank you. For those who are the best awareness for community preparedness, thank you for the time. It was an unusual show this week, but it was a necessary show. That those of you who did hang out with us and the stories get to a little insight on the man, the legend, uh, you know, Commander James Robinson and the organization that he started and those who are still in the organization today and what the mission of the organization is and why we do what we do because of the inspired leadership of one man. So... But now it's your turn to make your mark on the world. What can you do in your community that will be a safe and decent place to live? What can you do in the area that you live in that will make it so that the people that live there benefit by you being there and what is it that you can do that will add a positive note to your community in spite of all of the negativity that is around. That's the challenge for the righteous. That's the challenge for the wide awake man challenge for the good people. Listen, the only way that the bad people win is when good people do nothing. So if you consider yourself a good person, the question is, good for what? What are you good for? Because if you're not making a positive impact on someone else's life, then you're not doing anything. And that positive impact can be anything. A smile. You'll be surprised how a smile can change someone's day. You'll be surprised how a kind word can be the difference between someone committing suicide and someone making it another day. You will be surprised how a meal will help someone 
a small donation will help someone who didn't see a way out. There are children, there are individuals, there are families that are out here that are doing bad. I know you think you're doing bad, but just use the eyes that God gave you and look around. Look to your left and look to your right. There's someone doing worse off than you. So have an attitude of gratitude, and that will spark your altitude and help to get you up from where you are and help to keep you soaring among eagles rather than crawling amongst rats. This is Disaster Awareness for Community Preparedness on the Black Hole Radio Network. And we'd like to thank you for joining in with us this week. And we ask you to come back next week, every Friday, from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on the Black Hole Radio Network, where we can talk about things that benefit us as a family and as a community. We enlighten, inspire, and educate you on best practices for yourself, your family, and your community. Because remember, where will you be when disaster strikes? You watch the news? Well, what you see on the news is to us. And keep you this week and May heaven smile upon you, and may it rain down blessings from your creator. But, you know, talk to God. He'd love to hear from you. He'd love to hear from you. You, you, you don't need, there's no formal way you need to do it. Just open your mouth and just talk. He can hear you. Where you are, no matter what your state in life, no matter what you think you've done, uh, there's forgiveness. He has unconditional love, and he has grace and mercy. And that's what we need in the day and time. Thank you again, and may God bless you. As-salamu alaykum.
Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.